3: Welcome to Bear in Mind, the official podcast of Cal Athletics. Here's Rich Cellini.
4: Welcome to the Bear in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Rich Cellini. We'll have three guests this week on Bear in Mind. Uh, First, head coach Jarman Smith and the Cal women's team off to a great start at 5-1. One One of her star players, Lilani McIntosh, will join us as well. And finally, Kirk Everest, men's water polo coach. Bears going for another national championship and water polo looking for back-to-back titles so those will be our three guests up first a woman who likes to play off the bounce who's got her team at five and one coach smith welcome
2: yeah thank you i um, always glad to be here and um, looking forward to chatting with you a little bit when when you
4: got the season rolling uh, before you even played a game what did you think you had with your team
2: uh, I thought I had a much improved team, a deeper team, um, a better team than last year, which is which is what we want. So uh, excited about that. Uh,
4: one of your quotes that you know struck me was uh, the ballgame at St. Mary's. You win 69 to 66. Um, great effort uh, by the women. Uh, but one of your postgame quotes, you said, you know, this is a game that we didn't used to win and you have to learn how to win these games with a little bit of grit and a little bit of toughness. Uh, Can that come from coaching, or does that piece of the puzzle, which is a really important one for a team, kind of come from within, and the women need to figure that out on their own as you go through the fire?
2: Uh, You know, I'd say it's both. I noticed a change in myself in that game, and I guess you could say maybe it's a little bit of what comes first, the chicken or the egg, but in that entire game, I was never worried that we weren't going to win. And there are seasons before in that type of situation where I'm like, oh, my God, are we going to really like we're going to let this happen? You know, and so my mind shift, uh, my mind has shifted, um, you know, my mindset in that moment, which I noticed. And I was like, this is great. Like, I'm confident and we're down eight in the fourth. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that that felt good. Um, And then for our players to be able to execute and to not hang their head and for them to also know like we're good, like stay with it uh, and and to make the plays that we needed to to make. Uh, I don't know if they were feeding off of me, you know, or if I I was feeding off of of what they were giving me. But but I was extremely confident and and we we were able to get it done.
4: When you have moments like that uh, in your past experience. Does it feel like teams just never turn back from that, that once we've done it, we're like, we know we're good and there'll be losses along the way. There always are. And there'll be disappointments over the course of a long season. That's just Mm -hmm. part of it. But do you feel like that's a, a really key piece of a component to build as a team to be like, now we have that in our bag of tricks and we know that this is who we are as a program and a team?
2: Oh, for sure. I think that was a huge step for our program to to be able to um, fight through and get that win. Uh, I think we have a lot more steps to take, though. Right. Um, you know, thinking back to the Notre Dame game, uh, we cut the lead to to three their, um, sorry, we cut their, their lead to three and we couldn't get over the hump there against the number nine team in the country. So, you know, we've had wins against ranked opponents, but I want to see that happen. Um, not in the games where you're supposed to win. The next step is, is getting over that hump in the games where you're the underdog. And um, that's the next piece of learning how to be a winner, learning how to be a champion.
4: How was that experience for you and, and for the women in the, Shamrock Classic playing Notre Dame, a top 10 team. You play them in St. Louis. It's the first game, women's basketball game ever broadcast on NBC. I mean, that's always little cool pieces of the puzzle. How was that experience as a whole for you, aside from the outcome?
2: Yeah, I think it was really amazing. Just like, I didn't really know how I would feel prior to being in St. Louis, but being there and, and, you know, having my mom walk into the high school gym while we're practicing and friends and other family members and having my team be able to witness this and and see my high school. Uh, We went to the boys and girls club and, you know, our bears, they're just like um, electric. Like they just start, you know, interacting with the, with the youth that was there. And they start having like a rap session and, and they're freestyling and, And, you know, the Notre Dame players were just like sitting, signing autographs. And I was like, we're different, you know, like we're just like we engage in a different way that is really special and really meaningful. Um, And I really appreciate that about uh, the young women on this team. And, and, And as for the game, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, you guys did so well. Oh, you look so good. And. To be honest, I didn't think we played well at all. I think we played extremely hard, and I think we competed. Had we played well, I think we would have gotten the W. So, um, you know, we're still working to get better every single day, and there's a lot more potential that that we're trying to, to, to meet as we go on with the season.
4: Are you good at enjoying those moments? You know, you talk about when your mom walks in and you go to your high school. A lot of coaches aren't. I mean, you know that coach. A lot of coaches are so focused on the here and now and the next that it's only until, you know, on on my side, when you work in broadcasting, that they retire, that they kind of look back at enjoying that. And they're like, you know, I I should have enjoyed those moments while they were there Mm -hmm. and not try to, you know, enjoy them all when I was in my 70s. Are you good at enjoying the moment?
2: I think I did a decent job. Coming home, I, I think I did okay with that. Um, it felt really good. I really enjoyed the game. Even you know, I was I was frustrated at times. Thought we could have played better, but just to see us fighting and competing, you you, you love that as a coach. And um, you know, it was a lot of fun. There was a great crowd there. Obviously, being the first game on NBC, um, you know that was something really special. And, and I could feel the energy from that.
4: Did Your mom say anything to you that was uh, fun for you to hear?
2: Uh, you know, both my mom and dad just. Said they're really proud of me. And um, it means a lot because you know, as a young kid, I thought, you know, doctor, lawyer, engineer, you mm-hmm. know, majored in engineering, like that's what I was supposed to do. Like neither of my parents went to college, and like I was gonna be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, and and engineering stuck with me all the way through graduate school, but this basketball thing never let go of me, you know. So being a head coach didn't sound as sexy. <laughs> um and you know, it it didn't sound as impressive, uh, but to see the the look of pride, you know, on my parents' um, faces and all of the family members that were there and are just so proud to see me leading this group of young women, um, and it's helped me to understand that this is an impressive thing and something really important and and meaningful. Uh, the position that I have as the head coach at Cal.
4: Well, you're still engineering, coach. It's just a different kind of engineering. You don't, you don't get to use raw yeah. materials. Well, I guess it's raw materials, but not. But how about raw materials with feelings and right. energy and enthusiasm and disappointments, uh, exactly. which is always fun. Now, I'm a, We're going to have Leilani uh, McIntosh on, on the podcast, bear in mind as well. We're visiting with head coach Sharman Smith right now. Uh, tell me a little bit about how lalani has been. She's been there a long time. How's she yeah. doing so far this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, Leilani's been, you know, the heart and soul of this team. She she means so much to us and um, to me um, in particular, you know, um, even just how she came to Cal. I got the job, what, beginning of June in um, 2019, I believe. And then we found Leilani in July. You know, it was a very late sign. And I, I'm just so grateful that, you know, she's been commanding this team and leading this team as our point guard Um, for all of this time. Um, She's just a phenomenal human being. And then to watch how her game has developed since her freshman year, you know, she thought she was going to Pepperdine and then she's battling in the Pac-12 against the Ari McDonald's and, you know, Keanu Williams of the world. And, and she stepped up to be one of the point guards and one of the best point guards in this conference and improving her offense every single year uh, from a scoring perspective. And you're seeing that right now with how she's knocking down the three point shot and attacking to the rim so well. Um, I'm just really proud of her development.
4: She also has some neat pieces that she's working off the court. I had, you know, pieces sent to me about her designing the, doing the custom work on the air force ones. I mean, maybe we're not supposed to talk about that because it's not a Nike school, but (laughs) has she, has she done any custom work on any shoes for you coach?
2: You know, um, I haven't been able to put in an order yet because of what you mentioned, you know, Um, but, but I know that she's really busy with that. She has a very creative mind. Um, She does some, some, some video work for our athletics department. Um, You know, she's a double major in legal studies and um, sociology. Like she's just extremely impressive and uh, both on and off the court.
4: Coming up next coach. First of all, congratulations on the work down in Los Angeles. Nice work, getting wins on the road. Winning on the road—that's a tough. That's a tough thing to do, regardless of where you go, regardless of the level of competition. Winning on the road is always another piece. I always think of coaches and the team trying to put pieces of the puzzle together, and you put another nice piece of the puzzle together last weekend down in Los Angeles. Tell me your thoughts on how that went for you.
2: Yeah, I I was happy that we got the W. Um, Wasn't that happy with how we played? Uh, You know, as I mentioned, like we need to get better and. I told our team after the Montana game, you know, I don't want to be a negative Nancy and, you know, uh, be down on you guys when we got two W's because that was the goal. The goal was this is a business trip. This isn't about the turkey. This is a business trip. Um, We handled our business. And I said, but I also need you to allow me to be honest with you and to tell you this isn't good enough. And um You know, it it wasn't good enough for for who we are trying to be, who we're competing against. And so uh, I think we'll have a huge test moving forward. I think that's where you're headed um, this weekend in our Raising the Bar Invitational, you know, um, with some great teams in that. And we've got to keep stepping up and improving. We can't stay where we are. Uh, We have a lot more growth to do.
4: Well, you're one step ahead of me. You beat me off the dribble on Raising the Bar right there, Coach, which is not that hard to do, but good work. Arkansas Pine Bluff, Gardner Webb, SMU. It's the raising the B A R Invitational. Uh, it's your brainchild. It's the second year. Uh, tell us about what this is and what it means to you.
2: Yeah. So um, following all the, you know, unrest that that came from the murder of George Floyd and uh, everything that happened that summer, uh, there were a lot of things that people were doing. And then I, I noticed a shift when we all kind of went back to work and 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 started getting back to our normal routines. And I thought that there was a decrease in um, the focus on, on social justice in particular. And I didn't want this to, to just go away as if we've solved the problems just because we get to return to work. And so um, our tournament was a great opportunity to um, have a space in which we can continue the conversations surrounding social justice. And in particular, the representation of black women in, in women's basketball and so the Raising the Bar Invitational is um, with the bar standing for basketball, activism, and representation. And so we will highlight uh, four Black female head coaches in this tournament um, uh, and each year. Super excited about the coaches we have this year. And in doing that, we also try to point out what they've done in their communities um, to help with social justice and, and, and the efforts that they've made. Uh, surrounding that. So really good tournament. Um, we're looking for, you know, more sponsorship, uh, more people to be involved with this and and help us to to raise awareness and continue the conversation surrounding social justice.
4: And the Bears are going to play Saturday at 11 against Arkansas Pine Bluff and then Sunday at 1 against SMU. So come on out to Haas Pavilion and cheer on Coach Sharman Smith and the Bears. Uh, that's great. And, you know, along those lines, Coach, I was, you know, reading up before chatting with you that Last year in the NCAA tournament, there were 12 women head coaches uh, that were African American. So numbers, not, I don't think, where they should be, but better. And, you know, the neat part of, of what you, Don Staley, and so many others are doing, especially in this tournament, is, you know, creating something uh, for young women who are black that can see that, you know, maybe I can be this. And, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, Coach Staley's line was you can't dream it until you can see it. And now that you can see it, and so you know what? We're happy you're not a, what is it, a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. It's exactly. better that you're on the sideline uh, of applying the trade of basketball. So Those are some great pieces. Well, coach, uh, let's see. Anything else you want to add? Uh, because I have one last question, unless you want to add and try to get more people to come out to you, Raising the Bar Invitational. You're going to do any other special pieces during the tournament for folks that come out?
2: Yeah, there, there are, there's some extra pieces that we're working on right now that I, I can't mention just in case they don't come through, but it's going to be a great event um, to be a part of. And, you know, you mentioned the 12 black coaches in the NCAA tournament. Um, You know, black females represent only 17 to 18 percent of the head coaches in our sport. Um, Yet we represent the the student athletes um, are over 40 percent uh, black females. So, um, you know, yeah, we're, we we've had a lot of successful black coaches that are in the tournament. I hope to be one of those very shortly. Right. We, we uh, all hope for that coach. Yeah. But you know, that representation still isn't there and, and it's, it's a, there's no reason for it, especially when you point out how successful black coaches have been in our sport.
4: Well, coach, it's going to be a great tournament. We look forward to it, but before we let you run, uh, tell me about ghost. I hear that you've got a dog ghost. What's the breed? It's a couple years old. It's like the team mascot. Give me the scoop on that. I was very intrigued when I got this little tidbit of information about Ghost.
2: Yeah, Ghost is a special dude. Um, I wish he were here with me today. He's usually right here, but he's with his dog, Walker, on on Tuesdays. Um, He is a Bernadoodle, so Bernie's Mountain Dog and Poodle, weighs in at about 85 pounds, thinks he's a lap dog, Um, is the most gentle giant you've ever been around and haven't met a person that doesn't love ghost Uh, Jada Curry, who isn't really that found fond of dogs. um, At first she was like, Oh, get away, get away. And now she's like, Oh, Hey ghost, come here. And giving him hugs and jumping on him (laughs) Like he's a horse.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Coach, you've got an 85 pound lap dog. I love it. Well, we can't wait to see ghost and the rest of you. Good luck the rest of the way. Can't wait to to celebrate with you when you make the NCAA tournament and continued success. Great luck with the, uh, the Raising the Bar Invitational. and We always appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Bears head coach, Sharman Smith. We're back with more of the Bear in Mind podcast. Welcome back to the Bear in Mind podcast. Guest number two, Leilani McIntosh, women's basketball player, a senior from Phoenix to Berkeley to four years past with a double major in your hip pocket. Leilani, first of all, welcome. Thanks for coming on the Bear in Mind podcast. Thanks for having me. How'd you get to Berkeley?
1: How'd I get to Berkeley?
4: Don't um, tell me you drove either. <laughs>
1: um, actually, I was actually committed to Pepperdine um, really late. Uh, I had a coaching change. That was like two days before I even um, was about to go for like summer workouts at Pepperdine. And... I still ended up going down there, but then I had, like, a decision where do I take the chance on this new coach, this whole new system at Pepperdine, or do I decommit and see what else is out there? And it was difficult for me just because, like, I didn't want to decommit, and one, I was, like, not very highly recruited um, coming out of high school, so it was big on academics for me, which is a big reason why I chose Pepperdine. Um... But then I got a, had a strong relationship with Delisha Millen-Jones, which was the head coach at the time. Um, and, yeah, something was telling me to decommit. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was just, like, my gut feeling, but I did. And as soon as I did, Cal swooped me up, and here I am.
4: What sold you to come play for Coach Smith?
1: Um, actually, one of my teammates at the time. She just transferred this past year, but uh, I used to – basically live at her house all summer because I played uh, club ball and in SoCal I'm from Arizona so it was just like that transferring back and forth and stuff and I would basically stay at her house all summer and we would just play club ball together so that was my best friend um and yeah we like she committed to Cal and I knew that not knowing much um like because I wasn't recruited like just knowing that she wouldn't put herself in a position um for failure so like I kind of like went off that
4: well it sure has worked out you have two majors what are the two majors uh sociology and legal studies wow well, we're going to talk basketball first then we're going to circle back to those two and we're going to figure out what you're going to okay. do with them four years well three plus right now have gone by I imagine it's gone by quickly uh, congratulations really solid start thank to the season you. you're five and one uh, tell me about your feelings on the current team that you're on and how far can this team go
1: yeah, I'm really excited um, with this team. I think and in the past, we've had like a lot of inexperience. Um, and I think we the record shows like we were getting our butts kicked left and right, and I think that we needed it. We needed that experience. And I think with this year, we've had some transfers leave, some transfers come in. And I think with the transfers that came in, like we talk about veteran leadership from Peanut and Kenry. um, Claudia, in her shooting, um, ability coming from SF and like, we take these pieces and it's no longer like needing experience. Like we have that experience and now it's about bringing that collective together. Um, and yeah, and I think a lot of this, this past season, we relied a lot on Jada Curry. Um, Jada Curry still going to do what she does. Um, but now she has some help and I think that's, that's what's been missing for us.
4: Yeah. Sometimes when you have a great player like Jada, uh, regardless of the sport everybody kind of turns and just watches and lets the great yeah. player do their thing and that that the team right. never ends up being as good as it can be it's like everybody has to contribute and then right. yeah like you said it perfectly jada can be jada but we need jada to make sure that, yeah, yeah we, we can do our piece of the puzzle uh, tell me what your mindset is on how you run a team because that's your job uh, you know to be the floor general and make sure that everything hums along and that jada gets her but everybody else gets theirs as well
1: yeah i think um my main like focus and like how I pride myself on leadership is like lead by example. Um, and I'm not like one of those people that likes to bring the whole group together and like talk things out. Like I'm more of like getting to know people individually and their personality and building that relationship and like knowing how I can talk to people differently. Um, and I think that just comes like, again, with like my experience of the game. Um, yeah, so very soft-spoken, but leading by example, I think um, is something that I just have to put effort into. And like, that doesn't take much um, out of me. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with leading and helping everybody get what they need.
4: Well, even for those of us, you know, for people who haven't gone out to watch you play in person uh, mm-hmm. and they need to, and they need to come out to the raising <laughs> the bar invitational coming up yes. this weekend. We'll talk come up about this that. weekend. Yeah, want we'll to talk more about that in a second. Uh, one of the key things, you don't have to look down the list too far. When you see somebody's on an all-defensive team, uh, one thing you know for a fact is that they play hard because defense yeah. is all about what? Effort. You know? That's and you know what? The shots come and go, right? And some days they fall yeah. more than others. But defense is all about if you're going to make a determination to come out and play defensively, uh, effort-wise, who taught you how to steal the ball? You're a thief of me. epic proportions on the floor. Who taught you how to do that?
1: Um, I don't know if anyone specifically has taught me how to do that. I just, I think I enjoy like the hype that it gets, um, afterwards and just how it like kind of deflates the other team a little bit, or I can get in the head of my opponent a little bit. They're like, Oh snap. Now she's on me again. And like that, that rowdiness kind of, um, helps my team a little bit more. So I think I kind of thrive off that.
4: Were you always good at taking the ball away?
1: Um I think I think my trainer um, back home that I started training with coming into college, he's a football trainer. Um and he's he trains my brother and I think his ability to work on like my explosiveness and my um just stability and agility and all that, like I'm doing kind of like football training stuff and I think that kind of like helped me um kind of gain that more confidence that yes, I can lunge at you and still recover. Like that type of, um, that training that I've
4: done. There are a lot of players in basketball who think they can steal the ball and they just end up fouling. Yeah. What's, what's, what's the key to getting the ball away without committing a foul?
1: You want me to tell my secrets? Or no, you don't have to tell your secrets.
4: I don't <laughs> want to give anybody any advantages who listen I'm just to kidding. the Bear in Mind podcast. We're talking with Leilani McIntosh, the senior guard. Uh, do you have anything? You don't have to give away your secrets, but you yeah, I think um, You're like, because It's different. You you know what it? Is. You watch somebody who can take the ball away from somebody, and you watch yeah. the other ninety five percent who just run into people and foul. You're like,
1: yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think it's all about timing.
2: Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate.
3: bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy, Allstate vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.
1: Um, watching the dribble and like, you kind of like start to see like um, when you're doing scout defense, like how with their tendencies and stuff like, okay we had somebody this past um game that we knew did two dribbles and then got into her pull up like it's like just knowing like people's tendencies and then trying to like break that down like okay i know she's about to cross here meet her where she's about to cross and then get into that so
4: nice how did you choose your two majors and why did you choose two majors aren't you busy enough with one major at cal and playing (laughs) division one basketball who comes up with the idea to take two majors down
1: i'm i'm very busy actually um (laughs) But I think just like because I went to a college preparatory school um, in high school, I came in with my freshman year already done. Okay. Um. So like the time for me to declare for a major came up really fast. I didn't really have time to like experience everything that I wanted to. Um, at the time, I took many um, sociology classes and I was very interested in like human development and how like we've, came over time like as society. Um so I majored in that. And then I was good ge- because I majored in one, I would be able to just graduate in three. Um I kind of wanted to expand my time a little bit here and taking classes on the side um in legal studies. Um I'm also like into like the murder mystery shows and like sure. figuring out like how these cases like develop and like getting into the minds of people, like criminals and stuff. So I think That's where that love for like legal studies had came in. Um, So then ended up double majoring in legal studies. And yeah, that's where we're at.
4: Good for you. That's outstanding. You also do a number of things in your free time from working in the athletic department. to also, you're somewhat of a shoe designer. I saw some videos sent over my way. Where did you get this talent to decorate other people's shoes? And when do I get in line? Coach said she didn't even have a pair. (laughs) She doesn't have a pair you're gonna have to fix Um, that at some point aren't you I know
1: I know I will um I think with the shoes it was a COVID thing um I'm not like the best like drawer or whatever like artist I just like making like stencils or like painting in that way and I think it was just like a COVID thing where I was just bored Um, So I like ordered some shoes and started painting it myself and then my friends and other family members like started asking for some. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, People think that I should make a Instagram for it or like a social media for it. But then I, again, will have to feel like I dedicate all of my time to that.
4: Maybe maybe you keep it in your hip pocket for now. Knock down those double majors. Uh, yeah. Lead the Bears to the NCAA tournament. We're making you even busier right now. And then right. w- when you're done with all that playing basketball, wherever that ends up, then then we can get back to putting the shoes and right. other pieces on Instagram. I don't think yes. you need any more to do right now.
1: Right. So I'm taking orders. <laughs> but it's just like, it's just like you have to understand that I'm, I'm busy and it might not be as high demand as you need it
4: to be. Yeah, no, no. You're getting back right now. Uh, talk about the Raising the Bar Invitational you have coming up. That's a, that's a really neat event coaches put together.
1: Yeah. um, Raising the bar. I think it started. When did it start? Second year. Was that? Yeah. My second year. huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, It started. And I think I love how um, Sharma is putting it together. Like um, black head coaches getting that representation and us being Mm -hmm. able to come together and just represent in the tournament. Um, I don't think that there's many of them that get that opportunity to do so. And I think it's just a it's a great event because we we also get to play teams that we don't necessarily always get the chance to play, um, which gives them exposure as well. Um, and it's just it's just really just a fun event, and we usually have a good time. The family
4: comes and everyone should come this weekend. Yes, the Bears are playing what Arkansas playing uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff Saturday at eleven,
1: mm-hmm. and
4: then Sunday at one. Uh, the SMU Mustangs. Yes. So, come on out, and you know what? coaches telling me about your ball game back at Notre Dame is how well not just you, but the entire team interacts with young kids. and it's yeah. just a, a really warm, fun, inviting group. And I've had the pleasure to watch you when you play the double headers uh, when the men play next. And mm-hmm. it's just it's fun to watch you. It's fun to watch you play uh, on the floor, but then it's fun to watch you interact with everybody and how warm and welcoming. And is that something that's talked about as a team or is that just who you, all of you women are naturally?
1: Um, I think just naturally, I don't think we've ever had to like really talk about it. A lot of us um, play for the younger generation and being able to represent um, just women's basketball in general. um, And like, these kids don't care if you win or lose, like they're, they're here regardless. And I think regardless if we win or lose, we still have to be that role model that we, that they think and believe we are. And I think um, after the Notre Dame game was amazing because there were so many kids just lined up, um, just yelling from all sides, can we get a picture, an autograph? And like, I'm coming around. Like, it's just like, um, yeah, it was just just really fun to like be able to have that experience and get to see them and get to know them a little bit more.
4: Yeah. Neat memories made and a lot more to go. Uh, Best of luck the rest of the way with your senior season. Bears at five and one. Uh, With more W's coming down the pike, Uh, Leilani, keep up the great work, not only in the classroom, uh, but on the floor as well. And we appreciate you taking the time here to join the Bear in Mind podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Anytime. Go Bears. Go Bears. All right. We're back with more of the Bear in Mind podcast. Welcome back to the Bear in Mind podcast. Third and final guest of the podcast this week, Kirk Everest, head coach of men's water polo, gunning for another National Championship. Looking back-to-back. And Coach, welcome to the Bear in Mind podcast. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Coach, uh, looking for back-to-back championships. First of all, uh, we're going to drum up a little excitement and support for people to get out to the Speaker Aquatics Complex and watch the highest level of men's water polo in the country. But how do you go about uh, earning the right to host the tournament right off the bat?
3: Yeah, I mean, they they send out the nc 2 a sends out bids uh, a few years in advance. So, uh we we felt like we had a pretty good crew coming back in a few years so we kind of put it out there as a as a uh as a way to to be at home uh during the event. Uh it's a lot of work for our for our staff and everybody, but um it'll be nice when we're kind of in friendly confines, you know. Uh there'll be a lot of fans from different teams, but uh, at least we know the we know the way to the pool.
4: It's fun. And if if people haven't been out there to watch, you know, water pool on this or a swim meet, any of those pieces, it's a great, it's a great spot. I mean, it's fun. It's intimate. You're in there. It's loud. It is a fun place to be with a ton of energy inside there.
3: Yeah, for sure. And it's you know, it's one of those places that's seen a lot of great water polo games and as you said, swim meets and, and athletes over the years. So I think everybody enjoys playing games here at Speaker and uh, we're looking forward to the weekend.
4: You know what else is pretty cool when you cheer for the blue and gold is how great you guys have been through the years. Now, Coach, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a water polo expert. We could spend our 15 minutes here together just going over your personal accolades. Are you kidding me? And then your teams and the rest of it. Where did you get started in water polo and why? I mean, you might get elected into the Hall of Fame again after your coaching career is done. What got you started in it?
3: Uh, you know, it's kind of a weird little story. I grew up in Arinda. And, uh, I was a baseball player and tennis were kind of my two major sports and, uh, I hit high school or the summer before high school. And I was kind of trying to make the decision as to what I was going to do. Cause baseball and tennis were in the same. Right. Season. And spring Pretty, sports. Sure. No, so yeah. I was kind of looking down the barrel of, okay, I got to choose here eventually. And, uh, I was going to play basketball, you know, in the, in the eighties, you just kind of went from season to season. Sure. And, uh, and so, and although I love football, I think our best, the best athlete in my grade all through, you know, from third, fourth, fifth grade was, uh, gonna be the quarterback of the football team. So I just never really, I love football, but I was like, eh, not gonna do it. Um, cause I can't beat that kid out. And, and then my friends explained to me that if I didn't do a sport in the fall, I had to do PE and i'm like oh no that's not happening um so i had to figure it out so it was football or water polo and i swam a little bit and my buddies were all gonna go play water polo so they've been trying to talk me into doing it for a while and i'm like all right i'll do it um,
4: this, this is hysterical coach especially in the day and age now now you mentioned the 80s you'd go you know football basketball baseball the traditional ones so you're just blowing holes into the idea that you have to specialize in a sport when you're nine years old and commit to it and stay with it because you hop in the pool just to get out of PE in high school. And not only do you do well in the pool, you end up, you're the player of the year in the NCA. you're a three-time All-American, you end up in the Hall of Fame. When did water polo click for you? Like you got in there, you'd swam a little bit. I mean, because this is a brutal sport. Anybody who doesn't understand it or has never watched it, like, this is like any other sport you'd ever play, except you're in the water. So now you have a chance to drown on top of it. And these guys are taking you and they're pulling you under. It is unbelievable to watch. I have no idea how anybody ever gets a shot off, how they ever score a goal. I mean, I'd be the guy sitting on the ledge, hol- holding on for dear life, just hoping to get out of the pool. When did you get good at it?
3: Yeah. Again, you know, it was kind of a mix. I liked basketball. The physicality was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, my my first coach said, you'd be pretty good at this sport if you ever learned how to swim. Like if you were good at <laughs> swimming, I wasn't very fast. And so that was kind of the deal. I, like I had to choose again, and I'm still thinking I'm going to play tennis or baseball. And uh, And then I kind of liked it in the fall. So I decided I'd swim that year for the high school swim team. And really for okay. the first time, like you know, if you grew up in Orinda, everybody swims. Sure. You have all these rec swim meets, but it was pretty loosey goosey. And I was never really great at it. Um, and so I went out for the high school swim team was on JV, but, but I worked hard and, and then all of a sudden it started to, I started to figure it out. Like I went from whatever, I think I was a 205, 200 freestyler as a freshman. Uh, and then I went to 155 as a sophomore and I went to 145 as a junior. I went to 141 as a senior. Nort actually asked me to go out for the swim team when I finished high school. And so I swam here at Cal for two years for Nort while I played water polo as well. Um, so somewhere in that, you know, middle of my high school career, I figured out how like swimming worked um, and uh And then just kind of all those other sports kind of melded into, you know, how do you, you know, you knew how to throw a ball because you play ball tennis. There were some things about shooting and balance and angles and stuff that I think I learned from tennis, the spacing of the game and movement and you know moving with and without the ball is all basketball, kind of. And you just kind of stole all these things that I learned from other sports and kind of put it into water polo and, and figured it out.
4: Now the next thing you got to tell me is that you you had a whole other life with another job, and that you never wanted to coach, and you ended up becoming a Hall of Fame caliber coach. But seriously, did you always want to coach, or was that in the plan when you got it, or did you fall into that one too?
3: You know, I I I started coaching in 1990, I think, back at Miramani and I was on the national team, and we would have the fall, kind of that September, whenever our last summer event was on the national team. Right, we have the fall kind of off um, just to train on your own, but we weren't doing anything as a team. And so I started coaching back at Mermani with Bill Brown, the coach that had been there forever. And uh, he was my coach in high school. And uh, again, a lot of it was so I could get keys to the pool and I would have access to it whenever I wanted. And I could go and I could grab the goalie from the team and say, you're coming in on a Saturday or you're going to show up 30 minutes early so I can train. And then I'd work out with the guys and then I'd coach. And I really just kind of started to really like it. But I was working for a software company in Orinda. It was a tiny little software company uh, uh, started by a former Cal athlete, Peter Jackson. Um, his sons played baseball and went on to, you know, major leagues and and uh, great, great family. But I was working there. Uh, and uh, when I start when I finished with the national team, so I kind of worked. I coached from 90 to 96, stopped playing polo. Olympic level started working for Peter in '96, uh, but I wanted to keep coaching because I really liked it, and I was in sales. So he, you know, he he just told me if you you hit your number, I don't care where you are at 3:30 on a September afternoon. If you don't hit your number, you're not going to have a job. So you know, you you go figure that out. So I kept doing it. Uh, The job came open here at Cal in 2002. I was on the committee to find a new coach. Uh, and a couple of the people on the committee kind of talked to me to talk to me out of being on the committee and to go uh, apply for the job myself. And uh, and that's kind of how it started. So a little bit of falling into it as well.
4: And then a couple decades have passed. Uh, you got a handful of national championships, your national champs last year, looking to try to repeat again this year. What did you think you had in your team before you even hopped in the pool and started competing this year?
3: It was an experienced team. We lost a few players, key players from last year's team, uh, but we had the core of our group coming back uh, a lot. Most of our offense came back and we got a guy like Papa in the middle as our center uh, that allows us to to do a lot of things. He's such a dynamic player. Um, You know, we returned Jack Dealey. Uh, local kid from San Ramon and and Max Casabella, Roberto Valera, who's who were huge pieces of our championship last year. Uh, we picked up some young kids, uh, you know, and then we've got again a lot of returning guys: uh, Garrett Dunn, Jake Stone, Joe Molina, um, guys that just were big pieces of our team, and they were all coming back. So we figured we had a good good squad, but you know, a lot can happen. Adrian Weinberg, our goalie's coming back, and um, so, you know, we felt like we had a good team, um, but in our sport, it's, it's, it's a bunch of one goal games, no matter how good you are, you know, we're going to meet quality on a weekly basis. And, and we run running into SC and UCLA and Stanford and UOP, Long Beach, uh, Davis, you know, these are all teams that gave us. Really, really solid games, and 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 we knew that we'd be into one and two goal games all year, and we'd have to kind of figure those ways to win those games at the end uh, consistently throughout the year.
4: You mentioned Papa Nico's Papa Lau. He's the best player in the country. Coach, Catino Award winner, All American on the Pac-12 Honor Roll. Where did you find him?
3: You kind of ten, We had a couple other Greek kids on the team and uh, uh, Nikos who one of our graduates from last year's side, uh, had, you know, shown me this kid. They were playing on the junior team together when I was recruiting Nikos. Uh, I also saw Papa playing on the same team and i had kind of asked him, you know, would he be interested in coming over at, at the beginning? He didn't. He was going to stay there and, you know, figure out how to maybe Polo national team, university systems a little bit different over there because it's not connected, so it's harder. So um, he had he had decided not to come over. He was taking a gap year and and uh, trying to figure out how he was going to, you know, what teams he was going to play for, how he's going to make it work. Um, and then I think something sparked him that he thought maybe he would uh, he would think about it. A couple of the guys, Nikos, Vasily Savaris, who was on our team as well you know, called me over a Christmas break saying he's interested in coming back. And, uh, UCLA, I think had been talking to him a little bit before. And I'm like, you know, what you, this is why you're here. You're supposed to tell me this stuff. Uh, so I quickly got on the phone and I don't, I don't think I let him off until he said he was coming to Cal. And, uh, and, uh, so that, 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 it turned out pretty well for us.
4: Well, yeah, I was going to say, first of all, where'd you find him? And then second of all, how'd you get him? But you know, it's, Find a player that great. Did you know he would he was going to be what he's become?
3: I mean, he was a sp- pretty special player. He was a <laughs> junior world or his age group world championship MVP. So anybody that wins a, a an award like that uh at a high level of age group water polo, but like, you know, 19 and under water polo world championships, these are great players. A lot of them will go on to be at the Olympics. And he was, you know, he was pretty dynamic then. Uh he he does a lot of things. I you know I knew what he could do as a center. He's a complete player. He can play almost every position except for goalie, and he's not left-handed. But other than that, he's he can do a lot of things. One of our fastest swimmers, and for a guy that big to be that fast um, up and down, and athletic, and mobile, and all of these things is is pretty rare. Uh, so he just makes an impact all over the pool.
4: They've already had one uh, match. And then we end up in the quarters, so it's Pacific uh, versus Davis, then the winner of that ends up playing the Bears on the third, right? And then the other side is USC-Princeton, and then the winner of that will take on UCLA. So for the Bears and Bear fans, we're looking at Saturday, Sunday, so you're going to have to end up, you know, everything goes right for you on Saturday, Uh, ending up with the back-to-back, but. Tell me about the field overall and what people can expect because this is a, this is a loaded field, coach. It's the best of the best when you get down to this final handful of teams.
3: Yeah, it's it's wide open. You know, we've we we were down you know four one to Davis earlier in the year, so they have the quality to to give anybody a run. Um, Princeton beat Stanford uh, in the middle of the season. Uh, we played them really early in the season. I don't think they had quite kind of hit form yet so they're a really quality team uh usc's usc they started off a little slow uh and but have just started playing better and better and better and they won our conference tournament which is no easy feat and they've got three or four really high level players uh and the other players have just kind of caught up and given them a good mix so they're really tough and uh ucla is just a grind i mean we i think We've gone into overtime with them probably seven or eight times over the last couple of years. Our last game was a one-goal game; it didn't go to overtime, but it uh, it, it looked like it would again. And um, you know, so they're really tough. And UOP winning the GCC, which is a really tough conference. And again, uh, they gave us a hell of a game earlier in the year, overtime that we we won first few weeks of the season and uh and again they got a quality team with with some really good international players three or four canadian national team players um and some really good quality uh, all around so there's no easy outs this weekend we got to be focused um you know we get davis or uop we're not as familiar with them as usc or ucla that we've seen multiple times this year um so that's a that presents a challenge too so you're trying to prepare for two different teams little slightly different styles uh and we'll have 24 hours to 48 hours to implement the game plans that we're making up right now for whoever we meet Um, but a lot of it's ourselves you know if we play well we feel comfortable that we have a good chance of winning and there are things that are the same no matter who we play right how do we have to attack certain systems and certain uh, things that we'll see, um, no matter who we're going to play, it's going to be the same. And if we have the discipline to do those things and we don't panic and we don't get caught up in the moment, sometimes being at home can be a challenge because there's a lot of emotion there. And, uh, and so, and everybody thinks you're in charge of the venue, you know, how do I get tickets? How do I do this? I'm not in charge. Right. But you see, you got to get that around the kids. Like you can't control this stuff, manage it early, manage expectations and then, lock yourselves in for what you have to do. And some, you got to get a little selfish too. You know, you take care of mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, and then back up and, and let's do our job and, and we'll see, you know, see where it falls.
4: Yeah. That that's something that you no know, people on the outside would never understand that just because it's at Cal, it's not a Cal event. It's an NCAA event and they run the entire thing exactly. from A to Z. So listen, if I need something, I go to the NCAA too. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm here as a participant. It's our facility, but I'm a participant too. Coach, uh, loved the conversation. Really fun. Best of luck in Thank getting you. national championship number five. But uh, This has been one of the most enjoyable interviews I've done in a long time. You know what? Coaches who are you know, a few days away of playing for a national championship are usually pretty uptight. Uh, I love your demeanor and your laid back piece. And I'm going to tell our kids that, you know, I just met somebody who's in the Hall of Fame, uh, an Olympian, an All-American. And the only reason he ended up you know, playing water poles because he didn't want to take PE in high school. Coach, that's an awesome story. <laughs> <All> <laughs> and it's right. a great story. All good right. luck, coach. And you know what? Uh, one other quick piece to promote. So the matches for the Bears are on the third Saturday and the fourth that the Bears come out on top. Uh, and, you know, what, we'll keep our fingers crossed and send good luck on that. And if you can't make it out, and the Bears' Advance, you can also watch it on ESPNU. So a lot of great things going on. But get out there and cheer on the Bears. It's an awesome event. Best of luck and national championships and the opportunity to play for them are always special. Ah, oh, fantastic. Go Bears. Go Bears. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate right. it. Bye-bye. That'll do it for this edition of Bear in Mind podcast. I'm Rich Cellini, your host. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. This has been Bear in Mind, the official podcast of Cal Athletics. The preceding
3: has been a Learfield presentation of the California Golden Bears Sports Network.
4: Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Pepper play sets. Pepper Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.